0: Welcome to Dive in with Seaside, where we rethink the topic of environmentalism, one conversation at a time. I'm Lane, and I'm a junior at Ohio University, and here at Seaside, I'm the project manager of content generation on the marketing team.
1: I'm Nikita, and I'm currently a high school senior in Dallas, Texas, and I'm a marketing and public relations intern, and we're going to be your co-hosts. So dive in with us and don't miss this opportunity to learn more about what it means to create change. This week, Seaside Sustainability's Green Scholars team will be joining us to talk about environmental education outside of the traditional classroom setting and the importance of changing the way that we teach students about the environment. So dive in with us today and don't miss this opportunity to learn more about what it means to create change.
0: All right. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today? Good. Good, good joining us today we have the green scholars team Juan would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself and everyone else on your team
2: sure I'm Juan I'm fellow for the green scholars team and we are basically working on a curriculum for high school students focused on sustainability Catherine do you want to introduce yourself and then maybe we can all go
3: of course so I'm Catherine And I'm the project manager for the Environmental Literacy Group of Green
4: Scholars.
0: Awesome. I can't wait to hear more about that. Audrey, what do you do? I am
5: the project manager for the project management and program management part of Green Scholars. So we focus on creating the curriculum for teachers to implement Green Scholars in their own classrooms, as well as giving students the tools to manage their own project, which is the final culmination of the Green Scholars Program.
0: Wow, that's so cool. Julia, what about you?
4: Yeah, hi, I'm Julia. I'm an intern on the professional skills team, which is in the Green Scholars Program. That's awesome.
0: Is that everyone? Is everyone. In- All right, great. It's so nice to meet you guys, and I'm so excited to hear more about each team and what everyone does um yeah Nikita do you want to take it away with the word of the day
1: absolutely yeah so likely I will be talking to you guys about the word of the day it's what we normally start out with with this podcast and so the word of this episode is omneity so what it means is this completeness or complexity within a system or environment you can also think about it as the sum or aggregate of multiple elements here at Seaside we like to think of uh, our green scholars curriculum as a curriculum that encompasses omniety, which is really, really interesting.
0: So with that, we can get right into the questions if that's okay with everyone. Cool, so Catherine, let's start off with you. We heard that you had a story to share with us about your experience with environmental education. Can you tell us more about that?
3: I'd love to. So for me, the first real big environmental educator in my life wasn't a teacher or a scientist or someone I met at a museum. It was my father. I remember as a child, I must have been about six or seven or so, certainly no older than eight. The two of us were driving in a car somewhere just cruising along one of those windy roads that just seems to go on forever and ever. I remember staring out the window just at trees. I'm from the Pacific Northwest, so trees are kind of just a fact of life. I wasn't really noticing them. I was just kind of staring off into nothing. And suddenly, just crashing through my daydreams, I hear my dad's voice, Catherine, do you see that? I look around thinking that I'm going to see like an eagle or a deer or something really cool or exciting. But all I see is trees, which are nothing to get excited over where I'm from. I remember telling him that, saying that there's nothing out there. And he just chuckled at me. And he said, that's the point. Look at the trees. They share the same earth as you take care of them and they'll take care of you. Those words have always struck with me as the importance of not only leading with empathy and trying to find a connection with everything, whether that's another person or another organism or even just the waves on the shore, but to always be mindful of the facts that we share this planet with each other and many other living things. So because of that, we have the responsibility to leave this world a little bit better than we found it. And the way I think I do that is through environmental education. Wow, I love
0: that story so much. It's so beautiful and heartwarming. And I love how you talk about the connection of finding those connections, even with the smallest things that we tend to take for granted in our environment every day. So thank you so much for sharing that and starting our podcast today with that amazing story. Juan, would you like to introduce the Green Scholars team as a whole and kind of what you guys do?
2: Sure. And Catherine, that's such an amazing story. Green Scholars is basically a sustainability curriculum that teaches students to look at the environment in different ways, kind of like Catherine had with her experience. And you know, the Green Scholars program is a project-based honors-level high school program that has four sub-levels. So that would be project management, environmental literacy, program management, and professional skills. We really aim at Green Scholars to teach students about sustainability and to help them develop all the skills necessary to design and conduct a project within their community, and also learn about the competencies they need to live in their adult lives and assist teachers in implementing the program in their schools with a background in sustainability and some pillars of science and social studies. Green Scholars really seeks to inspire high school students and enable them to create change in their own communities and schools with a good foundation of usable skills and knowledge in both the professional aspect and in environmental literacy.
1: Thank you so much for that, Juan. That was a really, really interesting concept and something that I think could be very beneficial for students that are in high school to be able to look at it in a different way. So would someone mind describing a little bit about the PS team?
4: Yeah, so like I said before, I'm Julia. I'm an intern on the professional skills team. What we do is we focus on those skills that you might not learn in school, such as resume writing, cover letter writing, and time management, those skills that are really helpful in the professional world, but you might just not get that experience in the classroom in a typical high school.
1: So going off of that, what do you think is the benefit of having our program coming in and uh, giving kids the chance to work with established and experienced professionals and learn proper resume writing skills versus trying to write one on their own, being a high schooler and being at the level of proficiency that they are at.
4: Yeah, I think in high school, it really is so beneficial to have these kinds of skills taught to you. I know I personally wasn't taught them in the classroom. And once I learned those applying for internships and applying for colleges, It really was a game changer. And I think the earlier you learn those skills, the better. So you can just keep building on them. Once they get into the professional world, it's that much easier. And, you know, I personally into college had never written a cover letter. And that was something that is a struggle when you learn it later on. So I think the earlier you learn those things, especially in high school, it just puts you a step ahead of those people that may not be getting that experience.
1: Absolutely. Lynn, do you want to? take over for the next question
0: yeah yeah so Audrey I know that you talked about how you're a part of the program management and project management team so what is that all about what does that team do please share whatever you want about what those teams do and any projects that you're working on
5: Yeah. So project management and program management are two separate teams, but they overlap a lot because both really have to deal with implementing a project successfully in whatever capacity that might be. So for program management, we're focusing on making curriculum accessible for teachers so that they can lead the green scholars program in their own schools. Whereas with project management, we're focusing on giving students tools that they need to accomplish any major task or any major goal in their lives, stuff like how to delegate tasks to others, how to find funding, how to create milestones for yourself so you stay on track with your project. And this all culminates in a sustainability project that they, the Green Scholars, choose and implement in their own communities. And this is sort of the backbone of the whole Green Scholars curriculum, and it's what they work towards the entire year. So we're just trying to make them have the tools they need to be doing that successfully so they can make this tangible environmental change in their community.
0: That sounds like an amazing program and opportunity for high school students. Um, So how does having the leadership roles and responsibilities that come with this program translate to future careers and endeavors for the students that are involved?
5: So what's really neat about project management and the project management frame we use which is basically just a set of tools and strategies anyone can use to complete any sort of project is that while they're useful in school settings like you said and they're useful in sustainability projects they're also useful in businesses in being a successful leader or manager within the professional world or even just in your personal life if you want to accomplish a project say building something in your house, these tools that they're learning in school are transferable to so many different sorts of markets and settings that the leadership roles they're taking, that they're having to do to make this project happen, talking to people at stores, talking to community partners, really taking on this project themselves and leading others through it with them. They can use that as managers in an office, as artists, as managers on a sports team, Uh, or leaders on a sports team. So I think that's a really neat aspect of the project.
0: Yeah, definitely. Leadership skills are so versatile, whether it's in sustainability or just in daily life, like you talked about. Thank you so much for going into that and further explaining. I just have a quick question. So is this program that the Green Scholars team that you guys offer, is that specific in the state of Massachusetts or has it kind of expanded?
5: So right now we're actually working on putting it onto a digital platform. And the goal is that we can make this curriculum accessible to everybody in the world. Right now it's been really focused on the Northeast but we're hoping to spread it even farther because we believe these skills and the knowledge they're learning through Green Scholars is important for everybody across the world to know and to learn.
0: Wow, that's incredible. That's also so exciting for Seaside Sustainability and specifically for the Green Scholars team. So congratulations on that. I can't wait to see where it goes and what you guys
1: achieve. So Catherine, circling back to you, what does the environmental literacy team work on and what do you guys hope to achieve? What are some of your future goals with the work or projects that you're doing currently?
3: Those are both great questions, Nikita. So, like I said earlier, I'm the project manager for the environmental literacy team. I'm in charge of managing that group of interns. How I like to think of environmental literacy is as the more traditional environmental science component of the Green Scholars curriculum. So what our goal is, is we want to provide the basic scientific and foundational knowledge for those high schoolers that they can then use when implementing and completing their projects. We have a textbook, of course there's a textbook at some point in this curriculum, of 12 chapters and we really briefly walk students through the basic scientific theories. We go briefly into ecology and talk a little bit about those concepts. We quickly work through a few common ecological issues of our day, so things like climate change, pollution, and the biodiversity crisis. Then my favorite part of the Green Scholars curriculum is the end where we get into more intersectionality. We have a chapter on triple bottom line, which sounds very fancy, but basically what it is, is it's a new way of designing our economy that can benefit both people and planet. So there's a chapter on that. Let's say you're a high schooler and you wanted to maybe go into business in college. That's a great chapter for you because you can take your passion for entrepreneurship and sustainability and put those together. And then there's a chapter on environmental justice. So if dealing with that kind of issue is something that's totally up your alley, that's great. There's an outlet for that with sustainability. And our big goal to go back to that question, Nikita, with the environmental literacy program is we want to really show students that you don't need to be a typical sciencey person to get really into environmental literacy and sustainability. No matter what your passion is, there's a way that you can make it relate to the environment. So that's our big goal. Currently, we're also putting our content onto that digital platform that Audrey mentioned. So that way, we are also able to reach a, a wider range of students as well.
1: I think that's so true that even in my case, I've experienced that here at Seaside, no matter what you're interested in, you can always find a way to make those very special connections to the environment and to Sustainability, And I thought it was really interesting that you brought up um, the topics of intersectionality and environmental justice. Why did your team feel that it was significant to add those chapters, given that it's not typically what students learn in a typical environmental curriculum?
3: Another really good question. For our team, we really wanted to include those because they're just such important issues that aren't talked about enough. I don't know about anyone else, but growing up when I was imagining in my head, like someone who really cared about the environment, I was thinking of a young upper middle-class white person. And the fact of the matter is like, yes, upper middle-class white people care about the environment, but so do people who don't fit that very narrow definition of the word. And those people have just as important of a voice, if not more so, given that numerous studies have shown that BIPOC communities are the ones facing the brunt of the environmental damage that we're currently doing to our planet and so as a greater environmental movement it's incredibly important that we give those people a platform for their voices to be heard and how can we give those people a platform if people aren't even aware that that's an issue in the first place so For us as a team, we thought that it was really important to not only go into the science, but to go into those more humanity-focused issues as well. Just because they're not what we would typically think of doesn't make them any less important.
1: That's, like you said, it's so, so important for us and the Green Scholars to sometimes face the reality of the situation that we're living in and understand how having that in the back of their minds can lead them to have a better knowledge of the environment and, and to make those connections in whichever way that they want to as well.
0: Yeah, I just have a quick question kind of regarding everyone. So each team has their own values, their own philosophy, and their own goal. But how do you guys think that like, when you have all these like different philosophies on one team, like the Green Scholars team, How do they all overlap and how do you guys all work together, if that makes sense?
2: Yeah, so I work with all teams, attend all their meetings and kind of know what they're up to. I think Green Scholars, I mean, Nikia summed it up perfectly in her word of the day. The curriculum is a complex and dynamic system. So students need foundational skills that are given in professional skills and environmental literacy to apply those to project management and really making a change in their communities. So it's super important that they not only have the base knowledge, but are also able to apply it in their own communities. I think that's why green scars work so well. Each of the teams are not isolated. Project management and program management, as Audrey said, work really closely together. But at the end, I think it's just a beautiful web of complex thinking that students will be able to take from and apply to their own lives and come up with great things.
0: That's so interesting to just hear about and imagine all of that coming together in, in a web, kind of like what you said. Going back to how Green Scholars is developing this online platform what is the platform called and is it going to be available to entire school districts or is it going to be more of an at-home kind of thing that you do alone? What is it going to look like?
2: So we're using a Thintific Platform and it's an on- online pro- platform that gives students the knowledge they need and their resources. So what we do here at Green Scholars is create a bunch of resources that students can use to their advantage to assess their own learning, learn more and apply their thinking in many baby steps to later develop all that they learned and use it to their advantage and their community's advantage. As Audrey said, we plan to expand this. I mean, the online world has no borders. So we're hoping to go at least nationwide, if not worldwide with our curriculum. And we've worked in the Northeast, close to where we are in Massachusetts with students and teachers. And we plan to follow that same line of thinking where we give all power to school communities to use that curriculum. We don't want to interfere with their learning. We're just giving them resources and then they are going to use it to the best of their advantage because they know what works for them and what doesn't.
0: That's so exciting because I just feel like this next generation of kids and the kids that are in middle school and high school right now, you know, There's so much potential to educate them and like how to be literate in environmental science and how to be a good leader and all of these things that you guys are doing for them to make a real strong impact in sustainability and the environment or in whatever career path they take. What you guys are doing is truly amazing and I admire it a lot. So thank you for coming on today and just sharing everything. Yeah. All right, well, that's all we had for today. Thank you so much for joining us, Juan, Julia, Audrey, and Catherine. It was so wonderful speaking to you all and learning about why it's so crucial for us to start thinking differently about the way we teach environmental science and understanding it. So this is it for today, but thank you for diving in with us and learning about these important topics rethinking environmentalism can be done but it must happen one step at a time and we hope this is one of those steps we'll see you next episode